Good evening, everyone. Good evening and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, today, we are joined again by Steve, all the way from Australia. Hi, Steve. Morning. Morning, morning, morning. So we're doing this by Zoom again. Uh, it seems to be okay for the last two episodes we've done. They seem to be um, reasonable quality, not perfect, but reasonable quality. So if that's the reason why the sound is this way, but I think it's okay. Um, where are we? So this is a Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on all the um, major podcast platforms. I guess if you're listening to this, you've already found it. Um, thanks to everyone for the support so far. The last uh, two episodes that Steve and I have done together have had a really, really good response. Uh, you guys seem to be enjoying the content, so that's great. Um, if you haven't followed the podcast or haven't subscribed to the podcast, um, every little bit helps. So we can keep moving forward. I don't know if that made any sense, but I'll leave that in. Uh, today, to <laughs> today, today, we're going to talk about, uh, and I guess this follows on from the last podcast that I, that I actually did record today as well. It's the same day, believe it or not. Um, but following on from that podcast, but this is a little bit different because it's, it's making our Porsche or making the Porsche 997 uh, that little bit, look that little bit better, right, Steve? Um, yep. So basically, we're going to chat about uh, things we've done to our 911s, things that we've done to our 997s, uh, to Steve's, what Steve has done to his uh, 2008 GT3, and what I've done to my 2006 Carrera, Carrera 2 base model. Um, so I guess the whole point of this, the whole point of, um, well, not the point, I guess the fun, the fun of Porsche ownership is when you buy a car and it's a used car is, I guess, Steve, making it your own, right? It's about making the car, you know, you get it, it's, it's, you've checked it over, it's in reasonable condition, but when you first buy the car, you look at it and you go, hey, I can do some more things to it. Yeah, it's pretty popular in car culture to kind of tinker with your car and do stuff in general. Porsches, I guess, there's a bit more... Look, uh, there's a different train of thought. Like there's a, definitely a market for it. So there's um, tons of kind of vendors. There's tons of stuff that you can do. But then maybe at the same time there's a differing point of view where purists kind of go, well, you really shouldn't touch it um, for the sake of originality and why would you kind of mess with something that comes out of the factory? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think it's such an interesting kind of debate. But at the end of the day, like it's your car, do whatever you want to do to enjoy it. I think I was just saying to you um, before you recorded, um, even with some of the stuff that I do, um, the thing that I sort of keep in my mind is that um, if, I, if I feel like I can reverse it, then it doesn't feel quite so permanent or whatever. And if you really did want to get out of your car, but let's face it, you're not really ever going to, um, that you can return it back to kind of standard anyway. And, yeah, like, I don't know, if you just sort of do things that you enjoy, it's worth it. Yeah, and I guess that's how I think most people look at it that way. I think, you know, if you watch, I mean, even watching people on YouTube that are modding their car, modding their 911s, people that we sort of watch, um, most of the things are reversible, you know what I mean? Even if they put a body yeah. kit on, even if they put a, you know, get an aftermarket wing or something for a 997, you know you can take that wing off. You know you have your original uh, lid and you can take it and change it over again. I guess it's not, you know, it's not even things like that you can change over. So... And you're right, purists are a bit funny. You know, you want to keep the essence of the 911. You want to keep um, your car close to, I don't know, close to how Porsche 
wanted it to be, I guess. You're just making it yeah. a little bit better, but not changing the whole um, the whole essence of the 9-11. And I think what you said before as well is important. I mean, there's a big community. Uh, there's a very enthusiastic community, whether you're in Australia, UK, US, um, and there's so many resources. There's so many resources online. There's so many, uh, you know, people out there, so many artisans, so many craftsmen, so many people who are doing things for the Porsche as well. If you want like leather in, in leather interiors or you want seat inserts or you want, you know, uh, even parts, you're trying to find special parts for the car. There's always people who are either doing replica parts or, you know, mm. or, or selling original parts. So there's so many resources out there. There's so many places you can get stuff for your 911. And I think that's what I found when, and I think I mentioned this to you as well, before I bought the car, it was like, you know, you get into Porsche and like you just look at these places and there's just so many things. Like you can just spend so much money because there's just so many parts for a 997. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to tell honestly, me that. it's the crazy it's the thing. slippery slope that everybody keeps talking about, yeah. I mean, you go to DB Carbon and there's just like so every piece you want in carbon, they have in carbon. You could just spend your life savings on carbon basically. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll get into that anyway because you didn't spend your life savings but you spent quite a bit on carbon, right? Uh, yes, I did. I did. Um, it's it's a little bit of a kind of not an obsession, but um, my car came with um, my car came optioned with um, the carbon center console and um, the trim at the front. And it's not like I was a mad carbon freak. I suppose I'd kind of put a little bit of that stuff in the nine nine three. So I had kind of. Um, I had bought some things from DB Carbon in Germany. Um, if you need stuff, go see Daniel. He's amazing. Um, so then when I got that car, I don't know, you just can't help yourself. I think the thing about like some of these kind of little cosmetic type mods as well is that it um, helps to keep your interest up in the car. Like um, I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts, but once I kind of got to owning 911s, um, you know, instead of kind of turning the car over every, you know, two or three years, like I had the 993 for 12 years. Um, and I guess just one way to keep your interest up is to kind of tinker with it, you know, um, play with the exhaust or you play with kind of interior bits or whatever. And um, just doing those little things every couple of years. Um, I don't know. It's just like a hobby, I guess, keeps your interest kind yeah. of going in the car. <clears throat> I think that's a good point, actually, because you're not really buying you're not changing the car over. Like you said, you had your car for 12 years. So to keep that interest, you it's, mm. it's almost like getting a new car because you add something to it and it's exciting and you yeah. get it done and, and it sort of yeah. relives the enjoyment, like that feeling when you first buy a new car, isn't it? Or when you first pick up your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Even that thing, you did it recently, I think, when you got that um, centre console lid. Um, I find, like, I'm I'm a complete klutz when it comes to tools and mechanical type things. I'm not even close to mechanical. But um, if you kind of um, even just install the bit yourself, like, you know, the exhaust tailpipes or whatever, um, you still get that funny little set of, sense of satisfaction from doing something like that. I can't imagine what it's like to kind of do something proper on your car. But yeah. um, I, I don't know. I find that sort of vaguely satisfying as well. Yeah, I guess for you and I, we don't, we don't, we 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 pay for the mechanical side of it. We don't do it ourselves. We don't do that sort of uh, so home servicing or or yeah. rotating the wheels or <laughs> or doing the yeah. brake pads like some people do. So, I guess that you know your hands on on the car is getting these little accessories, these little things over your ownership to just you know 
I don't know, to keep you in touch with the car, I guess. It's just sort of, a, it's a bonding thing, isn't it, I guess? I know that sounds yeah, weird, reckon, but, it, but it kind of you is a bonding thing. You appreciate your car more. You definitely appreciate your car more. And I guess the longer you have the car and the more cars you have, the more people you find and the more places you, more resources you have to um, find the best things for the car. Because there's obviously good places and there's bad places, right? And there's, I mean, being in Australia, I think, <clears throat> as we know, and most people probably listening to the podcast don't, but Australia is limited as in there's not a lot of places. But then in saying that, the Porsche community is pretty strong in Australia. It's not, it's not like there's not a strong community, um, you know, um, but there are a few people there, like the leather, the leather people, for example, that you found, which is in the UK, um, you've mm. now found a leather person in Australia. So there is someone that you found in Sydney that can do hopefully as good a job as the people in the UK. Um, yeah. And I had a guy, I, I had a guy, uh, leather guy as well, upholsterer, um, to use the proper term who, um, is amazing. Um, Clarence at, um, exotic leather. Um, but I, I guess maybe in these kind of current times, it sounds like maybe um, the sort of stuff that he's doing is a little bit different. So, for example, I was looking for somebody to potentially emboss into Alcantara and it was just a little bit too specific for Clarence. So um, found another guy today or yesterday. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know. But, again, there's a little bit of fun in sort of trying to hunt somebody down to kind of mess around with that type of stuff as well. Yeah, no, it was really weird when you gave me that message today and you gave me the name of that place and I thought, shit, you know, I know that place because I, I actually saw it online and I'd, I'd been following them on Instagram. But when we're talking about leather parts, I didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? Because I remember seeing mm. someone who had their had their interior leather of their Carrera Turbo or whatever, the guy in Sydney that had Magnus Walker's Carrera Turbo, he had their them redo the interior. Um, so mm. that's where I first saw it, where it came up. Um, and then I think I saw it come up on some other one, some other person's site as well, some other vintage Porsche or something that they use that guy as well that you were talking about. Pro Stitch, is it? What is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro Stitch, yeah. Yeah. So John, apparently John at Pro Stitch. Yeah, so apparently he's pretty good in Sydney. So that's good that there's someone there. Um, the good news for me today is that uh, Linas or Linas, he actually got back to me and has completed my sun visors in leather <laughs> that, I, that I sent him uh, old pair of visors, as you know, in tan plastic or beige plastic. Uh, and he's actually completed the visors and he's working on the other parts. So with all yep. these craftsmen, as you know, you have to give them time and they take a long time to get back to you. But hopefully the workmanship will be, uh, I'm sure the workmanship will be great. I mean, it looks great on his Instagram, so I don't think it'll be that bad. His work looks really good. Um, yeah. Like really, really good. And some people will probably think, again, kind of going back to the original point that you're mad for um, uh, wanting to kind of get um, sun visors up, reupholstered in leather, but, you know, whatever, I, it, it's cool. Yeah, but other people, see, this is, we think we're crazy and then the more people you talk to, uh, and there's another guy in the UK, Nick, that I talked to, which I've mentioned to you, he's going to get mm. his sun visors done and he actually mentioned to me today, he asked me if mine had been done so he could have a look at them. And he said mm -hmm. the same thing, you know, when you touch it, you know, you touch the plastic, you want to touch something that, you know, you pull them down, you want something that feels good. So yeah. my whole thing with the leather interior, with doing things for the leather interior is things that, things that I interact with a lot, I want, I like how there could be leather. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So I'm not, yep. 
except the inner dorsals, because I'm doing the inner dorsals. I don't really interact or touch them, so I, I don't know where that comes from. But they look good. The inner dorsals just look good. Based you don't on have to yours. justify to me. Based on yours. <laughs> but, you know, the other things that I picked, you know, like the console blades that I got from LA Dismantler, you know, you kind of touch yep. them a little bit. You kind of brush past them. The console lid is one of the best mods. Uh, as you know, I bought the Porsche OEM one, which was about 700 US, so that wasn't yep. super cheap. Um, but it looks good. Uh, what else? And then the other parts I'm getting are the – what else am I getting? I can't even remember. Inner door sills, um, sunroof, the sunroof, and uh, sunroof, backseat doors, sunroof backseat panel. Stops. Yeah, the backseat stops because I like having. I'm I'm coming a bit of a fan of just having the back seats down all the time, and I think with that stop in leather with the stitch actually looks good. You know, I guess you don't touch it, yep. but it looks good. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's all being done. So I'm going to get those sent to London now, not to Sydney, to save some money on the freight. Um, so hopefully they'll be in London when I get there at the end of the month. Hopefully I can get them sent and get them by the end of the month. Um, mm. As you know, that's I probably won't do any other leather parts apart from that. Uh, all I'm going to do is, I keep saying to you, I might do the leather console, uh, the center, the whole center console, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the cost. I, at the moment, I'm not 100% sure. I might leave it for a bit, see what happens. I could always paint uh, it. I, reckon, I could always paint it silver, Arctic silver. But then I which I reckon about... is it looks looks great as well. Um, yeah. it's funny because when you when you rattle all that sort of stuff off, um, same deal. Somebody might kind of go, "Are oh, you mad?" Blah blah blah. But um, uh, your car's going to look pretty pretty good, um, and in my opinion, at least improved from where it was at from the factory because some of that sort of um, what do they call it? Pleather, the sort of vinely, fake leathery looking stuff can look a little bit sort of um, not quite as special. So yeah, yeah. having having sort of um, proper Nappa leather with the kind of stitch and all that type of thing. You're getting, are you getting deviated stitching as well? You are. Factory stitch, however it looks from factory. So Is it's it just Sort black. of slightly lighter? Yeah, it's silver. It's like the console blades. It's got that kind of lighter silver type yeah. stitch, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. told him just to do it as per factory, so he seemed to know what he was talking about. So yeah, the same as the same as the pictures on his Instagram that he put up there. Um, yeah. And then with the leather well, in that leather inner door seals with the stainless steel seals, I'm going to get from Design Nine Eleven as well. So just to make the seals look better. Um, don't think I've seen those, but um, <clears throat> they they sound good. I had, I had something like that on the nine nine three, and um, that looked pretty good. I had. Um, I think I had the logo kind of laser etched into stainless and that looked pretty cool. Yeah, it just says Carrera on it. But it's going to be silver on silver, though. That's the only thing, which I was a little bit hesitant about. But I found a picture. I found a picture online of someone who'd done it on Arctic silver. And I kind of like how it's tone on tone, silver on silver. It actually doesn't I reckon look tone on tone is better. Yeah, yeah, tone on tone, silver on silver with the leather in a seal. I think it'll work really well. I think it'll actually look pretty special. Um, yeah. So where do we go from here? Mm, well, I guess I where do we – let's, let's go – so the leather, basically, the leather in mm. your car. First, we should tell people <laughs> where – so the, to get the best stuff, I mean, there was always the one place where you got a lot of your stuff from, which was – Exclusive options in the US. Yeah. So, so I, I yep. that was um, – Frank um, looked after me. And uh, they're pretty well known on um, Renlist. So I bought a bunch of stuff. I know you started kind of tinkering with 
a few things. I, I bought quite a few things from them, oh, geez, like five years ago when I sort of, uh, I've had the car for six years and then I started kind of horsing around with it. Um, they kind of rated pretty highly on Renlist. So, oh, geez, what did I order? I got the inner, inner door sills, the, um, the light switch surround above your head, um, some of the little extension bits in front of the kind of gear knob, um, sort of between the radio and uh, where your hand kind of goes down there. And there's like all these little bits of horrible kind of plastic trim, all that stuff in um, on a standard 997 that's um, painted in that volcano grey. Yeah. And basically yeah. was kind of trying to eliminate some of that stuff. Um, so I bought a few things from exclusive options and then, you know, couple of orders later you're up to your neck in <laughs> but i guess with, but i guess with your car your car was like finalizing it all though because you had the leather dash you had the stitched leather dash you yeah, had the the door panels at the top stitched you know what i mean mine are just got yeah. the door handle stitch but yours is all leather so it's it kind of makes sense though what you do because it's it's finishing everything off right and even your um even your what is it called the clock on the dash the chrono oh, thing. the sports chrono clock, yeah. You got that covered in leather as well, didn't you? Or carbon? Yep. Sorry, you're right. I did too. Because that was, even though it was in a leather, leather. Da- even though it was a leather dash, that part wasn't leather. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is... So, yes, you did right. I just got the kind of housing changed. It's just a, it kind of does, it, it can run away from you because once you start sort of sitting there looking at all the bits that aren't in leather, um, then all of a sudden you are on a massive kind of slippery slope. And, like, let's be honest, um, it's not cheap. Um, once you start kind of adding everything up, it's pretty easy to kind of, you know, get get out of hand. But like I said originally, I, you get enjoyment. I sit in the car. Uh, it's a, one thing for me with a GT3, so you kind of have this funny little thing in your head where you go, ooh, it's a, it's a Porsche motorsport car and, like, you know, for a track car, um, again, like, you know, if you take a purist point of view, why the hell are you kind of putting like um, yeah. all these sort of non-functioning cosmetic-y type things yeah. like leather or extra carbon because, you know, the purpose of the car was, you know, like it's a track-focused thing. But the reality of that is I don't go to the track. I drive on the street. I, you know, I, take, I enjoy the car for a couple of drives a week. Um, so when you sit in the car and you, it doesn't matter where you're going, you still get such enjoyment out of, um, you know, making it feel a little bit um, nicer to look at all the touch points, like you say. So I think but that's when you, but that's when you see used 997 GT3s, when you see the ones with the club sport package and you see they haven't opted mm. for the navigation, they've just got the radio and you see they've got no leather parts and they have no yeah. carbon. They just have the lightweight buckets and they have the club sport package and that's it. I mean, you yep. see quite a few of those come up, don't you? They don't really, people haven't, people yeah. didn't really option them. And it wasn't due to the fact that they couldn't afford it because at the time the GT3 was still not a cheap car. It's basically they chose not to have it because they didn't want it. They just wanted the yes, pure. and super, sorry, I should say too, like it's a super valid point of view. Um, I suppose I just have a kind of slightly differing thing because of the way that I use my car. Um, mm. not, not that I'm sort of sitting here trying to justify it, but... Um, yeah, so it, it, you do find it's a little bit funny when you kind of do, you're, you're in the sort of motorsport realm because, um, as an example, my car came optioned with the factory roll cage and, you know, the extinguisher and all of that sort of stuff. So it is a little bit, sometimes you kind of go, oh, it's a little bit at odds sort of 
tinkering with things like that and seat inserts and stuff like that when you're kind of harking back to um, some of the, um, you know, the olden, the, the older kind of classic kind of Porsches in terms of the aesthetic sort of stuff. But well, that's whatever, another that's that's another thing that we've left out. Your car didn't come with leather seats, correct? No, it came with Perlon. Um, so it came with a sort of fire retardant um, fabric covers. And admittedly, I didn't really understand that much about it. I mean, I understood that it was sort of um, fire retardant and hence that was why the way that it was. But that was actually one of the tiny little flaws in the car. It had little nicks. Um, you may not have seen it. Um, just from wear and tear um, on the left side bolster. Well, it's like a synth- synthetic fabric, right? So it pulls and it gets little. Yeah, it's basically. Yep. A I read. I read. I read something too saying that um, the the bucket seats, the the carbon back buckets in a nine nine seven GT three, not the folding ones, the fixed ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is out of the Carrera GT in in that Perlon is supposedly one of the lightest seats they ever made. Like it's something crazy, like two, two point something kilos. Um, so again, you know, like I've, I've kind of gone and ditched those and had them retrimmed in leather um, and um, Alcantara and the inserts originally. Which um, is actually, added weight to the car, but, but a car, sorry, a car, which 911 comes with the seats with the leather and the Alcantara that didn't, didn't something come with those? No, you can get them. You the can spec it. You it can spec it. So it doesn't have to be Perlon. Yeah, it, ah, you, you right. could get um, leather. You could get full leather, as in the the seat sort of bolsters in the back plus the inserts. Um, then I think you could kind of get um, the mixture of leather and Alcantara. But your seats are carbon backed, um, right? So your seats were carbon backed yeah. Perlon. Uh, carbon backed, yeah, and then sort of like a Perlon kind of cover. Right, right. And was that? But is that fabric hot? How long? Did, I can't remember I was, how long you had it. Was it very hot to sit in? I can't even remember sitting. I was in that. about to say the one downside to it is that it's a, it, it is a synthetic kind of fabric, and it feels uh, how do you explain it? It's like wearing polyester all the time. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. Like you're wearing kind of like an old Adidas tracksuit the whole time. It does get hot. Mm. Not like the Alcantara, which is much nicer to sit on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in Australia, like, um, you know, what the summers are like, it gets pretty hot and stinky. So um, Perlon's not the nicest thing, but it's obviously got its function. So I, because I had done, uh, you saw my 993, I had the whole kind of interior redone just because it was, I did that because it was tired. And um, Clarence, who I mentioned before, um, is an old sort of family friend um, who my uncle met um, a long time ago. He just always looked after us and all of our cars and stuff like that. So yeah. I got him to kind of retrim the 993, like he did the seats and the, the dash and everything. You can see it in that old Aventura kind of um, 993 that's for sale at the moment. Um, his workmanship was amazing, like really good. I forgot that you had it redone. I forgot about the dash and, and the seats and everything, how it said it was re, redone, reupholstered. I think it says it in the ad, actually, they make a mention of it. Yeah, because uh, he did an amazing job. He used, yeah. like, the best quality um, Napa leather, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, like, I got a great price on that. So it was a natural thing once I kind of picked up the GT3. It had these Perlon seats and it's like, oh, there's also a nick in it. So I don't think it took me too long to basically um, take the car to um, Clarence and get him to work his mm. magic on it. So wound I guess – Sorry. Oh, I wound up with um, – 
the leather leather covers and um, I got him to kind of put Alcantara um, inserts in it to try to match um, the rest of the interior. It, having said that, like there's always that kind of weird thing because at the time the car was a couple of years old, so very hard to kind of get the leather to actually kind of match match. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. like five year old car interior leather is sort of slightly different from brand new leather. Um, yeah, so you do have to live with that, admittedly. Yeah, but over time you don't really notice it, right? It sort of blends in more. Depends how fussy you are, I think. Really? You know, um, you're you're fussier than I am. I reckon I'm a fairly particular person. Hello to my wife if you're out there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think you just kind of start to sort of learn to live with it. It's fine. Okay, so if you – basically if you want to upgrade your 911, 997, and if you want to do leather inside, I mean, obviously some things you need to have – a specialist you need to have it has to be custom done um which gets a little bit expensive like your seats for example like what you did with your 993 that's like custom job it's not like parts that mm. just make and, and you just fit in yourself or you get someone else to fit them in all the other little bits in a 911 which in a 997 for example that you can actually just remove with a trim tool or remove by screwing them off or pulling them off or whatever you can buy those from <clears throat> like steve said exclusive option an exclusive option was the main place. Uh, Steve found a new place in the UK, which is called Design LS, which is the place that I'm using now. Um, not because exclusive option doesn't do a good job, but because uh, Steve's got all their products. I bought one thing from exclusive option, actually. I bought the key surround in leather. Oh, but I bought, you did but too. I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid thing. But I bought that. I think James at Order Amateur bought one as well, so I wasn't the only one. Um, but the key surround in leather, which was like about 165 US dollars for like a, a leather key surround, which was a little bit crazy. And now oh, that's the other thing I ordered. I ordered the uh, the light surround in leather just because, you know, I so that. <laughs> that was, you don't need to justify your existence to me. That, that was 50, <laughs> 50 pounds, 50 pounds for the light surround. And like, I remember looking at it last time when I was in the car and thinking, I don't really need that part. And I ordered it anyway. So it's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't. But anyway, so you've got the other places where you can get uh, parts like just the standard parts, which is uh, obviously the best two places that we're found at the moment is exclusive option mm. design LS. Um, and then you've got your specialty people in the UK like uh, Gary at what's it called? FX Classic uh, FX. Classic, classic FX. Classic FX, Gary. Um, He's unreal. Um, Gary's such a nice bloke. He sort of helped me. We'd probably get onto it, but. Um, he is one of the main sources for um, that sort of either the old school or the reissue kind of Pepita, the sort of houndstooth and all those kind of classic fabrics that um, came out of old Porsches. Um, I saw this kind of fabric because I wound up doing the inserts on my seats um, uh, and Gary sort of supplied me with stuff for that. Um, he's a he's a really top bloke because um, I had a little issue where I ran out of fabric and he was sort of sending me sending me extra bits because we ran out of stuff. But um, he's he's really good because he actually gets the the original like the nine eleven R. Didn't he have nine eleven R? The actual Pepita yeah, fabric yeah. from the night. He actually has the fabric from the from the Porsche supplier, yep. right? From the yeah. So yep. Porsche Porsche, despite what people think, they'd still buy their fabrics from fabric suppliers, I guess. Correct. They get fabric made up. Assuming so, yeah. I'm surprised that um, <clears throat> I'm surprised that they actually these places are allowed to sell it though. But I guess there's loopholes and everything. But because he had the uh, 911 well, fabric, we're not blowing his cover. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Sorry, I, I think it's I think it's on the website and stuff that he has that. I saw it on the website. 
I think originally he kind of um, managed to um, get his hands on it, but that's what happened to me in terms of I ordered stuff and then um, it was the basically the last of what he had and he kind of actually said to me that, um, you know, it was pretty hard to kind of get his hands on, blah, blah, blah. Um, I ran into trouble because we had one side done, we realised that we didn't have enough fabric and um, couldn't get any more and he, couldn't, yeah. he basically couldn't get any more. He was trying to get it, but... Um, uh, so I was sort of left with um, <laughs> one one side of um, the 911R Pepita kind of inserts. Um, yeah, so these are the these are the inserts on the lightweight buckets, which are just Velcro, just in case people don't know what we're talking about. Um, they're the Velcro inserts on the back and on the seat, which you just pull out, right? They just pull out and you mm-hmm. can recover them or you can buy replacements. Yeah, I think it probably took off with the uh, – it was like that in the um, 997 Sport Classic. Um, they did sort of, they harked back to their houndstooth stuff then and people didn't quite notice it and then I think it properly took off um, with the 911R. And that, yeah, and then everyone, it was a 991 GT3, right? It was, when the nine, it was when the touring package came out and then people started to like, they do the, it was called CXX option or something. I remember reading about it on Renlist, CXX option. And the price for the gingham inserts, the Pepita inserts was really insane. It was really insane. Yeah. And I think Porsche at the time, I think what Porsche did is you had to get the deviated stitch. You had to get a stitch detail and then you could order these CXX inserts in Pepita, but you couldn't get them without it, I think, what I remember. Yep. And then I remember reading that they'd stopped it. So then all these people who were doing it aftermarket, uh, obviously a lot of people started coming to them because people would see it in the Touring and say, oh, I want that in my new 991.2 you know, GT3, which you saw so many GT3s having the, that insert, especially in the UK. I remember seeing it on the forums. There were so many images of, of guys buying those inserts, you know what I mean? And then people were buying them for the Carrera T and, you know, anyone that had lightweight yeah. buckets, basically. God knows, like, what it costs. The option cost is when you spec it from the factory too compared to um, buying it aftermarket. You know, you know um, in my head, in my head, I have, I, I think, uh, I could be wrong, but I remember a figure, I remember 8,000 US in some thread and I don't know what that was. And I think it was one of these weird things, like I said, that Porsche do where it ties it into another option. Mm-hmm. So to get the inserts, and I think it was somewhere around eight thousand US dollars from memory. So, for argument's sake, if that's true, and I wouldn't put it past you know Porsche for that kind of option to cost that sort of money, that's that's insane. Yeah, because not not wanting to be too flippant or oversimplified, but like that's um, some foam with <laughs> yeah, I know. you know yeah, with some yeah. very admittedly some very nice kind of hard wearing fabric because you kind of bum rubs against it every time you get in and out of the car but like um, you know some fabric kind of stitched together over some foam uh, nicely kind of put together but for 8 grand that's mental this, but this is where we go back to the to the um, advantage or the or the benefit of the Porsche community and the Porsche you know the whole all these these tradesmen and all these people have the, all this craft, you know what I mean? Where there's so many people who are doing, you know, not so many people, but there are a group of people who are doing this stuff and they're doing it really, really well. You know what I mean? Mm. So you don't really have to always, you don't always have to tick the, the option boxes from Porsche. You know what I mean? And I think with 997s, 996s, it seems like there was, there was a reasonable amount of options. I know I found a site a while back and it showed me the options that were available on my car and there was a reasonable amount of options, but not even close to the amount of options they have today. You know what I mean? 
like mm. even going back to 2006, 2005, to, to, to the options on the 992, which is just getting insane. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I told a story earlier, I think I just mentioned it to you, the fact that if you spec out a, a, Cayman, a, a Cayman GTS 4.0 and you take every option you can on the configurator, it's almost the price of a 911 Turbo in the US. Like that's yeah. just insane. You know what I mean? Which is crazy, but I suppose there's a reason why um, Porsche is at that statistic, right? Something about like per car, um, Porsche is one of the most profitable um, car makers yeah. um, in the world. Yeah, no, I read and that today. They sting, they, they sting you on the options, I guess. Yeah, no, I read that. I read that today. It was something like uh, 14, 15,000, 18, 18,500 US dollars per car, which is the highest profit per any car manufacturer. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty good, you know what I mean, when you think yeah. about that. Yeah. And maybe that is. Is it because of the options? Maybe it is. Uh, I'd say so. I think that's kind of how they, they kind of get you. And, like, that's not to sort of say that anybody that does that is an idiot not suggesting that at all. Like, I'd kind of go, yeah, yeah, like, if I've got enough money to go out and buy myself a brand new 911, um, the last thing you're going to want to do is just get, like, a base one. You want to have fun with it. And the whole thing about what we're talking about in terms of tailoring it and personalising it, you know, if you've got but the do money, you want to sure, do you want to select all those options, though? See, I spoke not about this earlier. Though. I don't think so. I think you pick. I think you pick the things that make the driving experience better. I don't know whether you would go crazy and pick every option. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some things which are just not necessary. You know. Okay. So then, hypothetically, pretend you wind back the clock, however many years, fifteen years, and you could order your nine nine seven brand new. What would you have ordered? I think you would just order it. I think how yours came was pretty much right, except for the Perlon <laughs> seats, not the Perlon. But yeah. lightweight buckets, I still think the leather dash is a good one because it's too hard. Yeah. It's too expensive and too difficult to do aftermarket. So I think the leather interior is a good one. Um, yeah. Manual. Uh, carbon, I don't know about carbon. Yeah. Maybe carbon. Maybe the center console and carbon, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, more the mechanical side of it, I don't know what the options were. I can't even – I guess my problem with my car, the one thing which I hate is the lights, how they're not Xenons, and I used to have Xenons in the Audi, and I find them mm-hmm. like they just they just don't, you know, they just don't have any illumination at all. Um, I did buy yeah. bulbs for them, but I never actually – have never fitted them. Uh, because I don't know, difference. Yeah, I bought the bulbs, and they were – it was the bulb that everyone was talking about. I can't remember the name of it, and I bought two of them. I never fitted them. I think I never fitted them because they arrived just after I'd put in the lights in the brake lights. Remember I changed those to LED. I changed the back lights yeah. and then my lights stopped yeah. working, even though these lights were supposed to have the thing that doesn't give error codes and then my brake uh, lights yeah. stopped working. So then I changed the bulbs yeah. back around again. So I think that kind of scared me and I didn't bother um, fitting in the um, headlight ones. But I think when I go back to Sydney, I might fit them in because my headlights are really, they're really terrible. They're really terrible. Yeah. Okay, so that's the leather stuff. The carbon, the carbon, uh, you get your stuff from DB Carbon. Um, yep. Um, so that's Daniel. Uh, DB Carbon's a place in Germany. There's another place in the States, um, MA Carbon, which apparently does really nice um, stuff as well. I've not bought things from them because yeah. I'm a tight ass, basically. And I call, it, was, I call um, it Mac Carbon. I always thought it was Mac Carbon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be MA or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so, so I wound up I wound up kind of getting quite a few bits. So as we said, my car came spec'd with the console um, and the sort of 
the center trim around the kind of um, cup holders, etc. And then oh, I actually came with the gear knob, the, the gear knob, the handbrake, the seats, all was in carbon. So I sort of started adding bits and pieces like the, um, the door sills, um, a few other bits. I, I kind of agree, like carbon, if you start to kind of go like full carbon fest, it does get a bit sort of tacky kind of thing. Who knows how, how I think... well or not well carbon is going to be viewed in like say 20 years, like whether or not it'll just sort of look a little bit cheap and nasty. I don't think the carbon suits my Carrera, right? It's not that I don't like it. I just don't think it it suits it suits it that well. I think it suits your GT3. I think the GT3 it makes sense. You know, GT3, GT3 mm. RS it makes sense. Um, I think if I bought and when I go on the configurator and I play, I think if I bought a new 911 or whatever, I probably wouldn't spec carbon. I mean, if they had a dark aluminium, I might spec dark al- aluminium. I don't know why at the moment, but I'm kind of really liking the light silver aluminium again in the interior, like the contrast between the silver. And <laughs> I'm not sure why. It's a bit scary. Like yep. it's kind of like coming back to that silver sort of look. Um, yep. I like how in the spider, when you go onto the uh, Boxster Spider, the new one, when you go on the configurator, it literally just shows mm. you the interior trim in body color. And I know that's because they're harking back to that speed stick type history with that with the colored dials and the colored uh colored doors and things like that i think um but in the if you go into the uh, the what am i talking about the uh what's it called spider box of spider it it shows you in the configurator yeah. it actually comes up in the body color yeah. i don't really like that i don't like how the you know the dash strips and that are in color i know a lot of people some people have done it i've seen some speedsters in it too the new speedster where people have actually done it in body color uh yep I guess that's another option. But I don't know, carbon, I think it looks good in your car. I think it looks really, really good. Um, I don't think it really suits my car. I thought about it for a bit there, as you know, but I kind of like, mm, I think I might just leave it. Um, uh, it. Like, it'll work, but I think the catch to that is that um, you don't have to go whole hog, but you probably have to kind of go like more than one piece sort of thing. Yeah, slippery um, slope. You need a lot of pieces. I think the, 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 pro- the dominating sort of part, like, in my opinion at least, is the centre console. So um, the standard sort of, you know, vinyl-covered thing is probably not the... If you're going to do something, like upgrading that bit would be kind of nice and then your options are, well, you can either go cover it in leather, um, get a carbon sort of piece or paint it in body colour. And I reckon any of those three would look um, pretty good in your car. Um, I'd be kind of happy with that. But You're right, though. The center, con- the center console is what lets the 997 down. And the 996 as well. The 996 center console looked terrible as well. Oh, it's worse. It's worse. And it wears really badly. Uh, mine's actually yeah. quite good because I'm quite careful and the person before was quite careful. But it still gets scratched. It, you know, there's a couple of scratches from service and there's a couple of scratches from me, I think. You know, so it's, it's a bit hard to avoid. Um, yep. But it is a pretty awful service. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe well, it is. Having said that. So my car comes with the carbon thing. Um, I had a little bit of work done oh, when the um, I had the um, head unit swapped out in the car. And, oh, that's um, right. Apparently when you mess around with the kind of like moving, like uninstalling or installing the kind of carbon scent, the console, it's a very delicate thing and easy to crack. And unfortunately my poor um, audio specialist, he accidentally kind of cracked 
um, the part, and I knew that that part was brand new because when I took delivery of the car, it was under factory warranty and they actually replaced it. So it was brand new when, I, when it came to me. And that centre console um, from factory, I believe the price of it was like about nine grand. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Which is mental. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Oh, that's nice, but not that nice. Yeah. I saw a post actually. I think it was either MA Carbon or it was uh, DB Carbon. I can't remember the other day. And it said the most replaced part and it had a picture of centre consoles and they were damaged. There were all these consoles that were damaged and it said one of our most requested, most uh, popular parts and it was actually the carbon mm. centre console for a 997. Like they had pictures of yep. it. So, I mean, I guess they're easy to damage and people drop things on them and they crack as well, right? Like they're not that strong, yeah. are they? Plus, I think in in, um, in sunlight and everything, um, it starts to yellow. Um, exterior carbon um, is noted for that too. So yeah, if you leave it out in the sun, blah, 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 um, the, the top coat um, starts to kind of yellow. Things kind of warp and all that as well. So um, I don't know. I guess if you have your car long enough, you start to kind of notice it. I've got yeah, a little true. bit of exterior carbon on my car now, but I expect matte carbon. Um, and... See, same thing. Even talking about it, I kind of go, uh, why'd you do that? But um, I sort of spec a little bit of um, the little kind of lip spoiler on the back. Um, I wound up getting the vent, the engine vent scoops in kind of matte carbon on a 997.1, the bonnet, the front bonnet or front lid, the front lid has a little kind of black plastic vent. So I started kind of looking at all the sort of um, bits of black plastic trim on the cars. It's, not, it's actually not too dissimilar to, what is it, the 991.2? Right. It, interesting that, you know, like when they kind of released that, it had lots of little bits of black plastic trim on it. Um, you could sort of tell that all the kind of um, carbon suppliers would um, have a field day with that because black plastic is arguably not the nicest kind of material. So it's a yeah, bit yeah. of a no-brainer to start swapping some of that stuff out. True, true. Um, so that's the leather, that's the carbon. Mm. Uh, I guess I guess the easiest way, I mean, that's, I mean, we've been talking, I think, for an hour, so we might, we might finish this soon. But um, yeah, cool. making the 997 look that little bit better, I mean, simple ways to do it. Leather mods, leather parts, uh, carbon parts, uh, seat inserts. If you've got a GT3, um, that's the interior. Basically, we're not really talking about the exterior at the moment. We might do another one with the exterior because I think we're we're probably going to go too yeah, long sure. if, we, if we bring in the exterior. Uh, exterior, we know the wheels and things like that and stripes. But people always ask ask me about. I know where I get the stripe from. Um, yeah. I'm going to buy another stripe, okay. actually. I'm actually going to – I just thought about that the other day, even though we're not talking exterior. I'm going to uh, contact Chris, Chris at Ren Decals, and I'm going to get another stripe. Um, but I might, get a, I might get the same color that I have now as a spare. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm going to get a spare. And then mm -hmm. I might – I was thinking just getting a plain black one. But then I thought maybe should yeah, I get cool. a plain white one, but then it should be a different script, so I'm not sure. Um, oh, I've got um, two sets of stripes in the garage somewhere. <laughs> but there's different sizes, around. right? I can't even remember this. I mean, someone asked me the other day and I had to search it out because I couldn't remember what size it was. They asked me what size I bought and I couldn't even remember. I think mine's four inch or three and a half, four. I think there was three and a half inch and four inch. Um, but if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I, I know people are listening going, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the decal on the side of the car, on the side of the 911, the side script, which just says Porsche. 
Um, Steve had gold on his, a gold-coloured one, which matched your gold wheels at the time, right? Yeah, I sprayed my wheels um, Weiss gold, the Weiss, Weiss gold, gold that um, that came out on the um, the RS model. So then I matched it with um, on a on white paintwork um, gold Porsche lettering with the light grey stripe. That looked pretty cool for a while. And just a note, Steve did this quite a few years ago before gold became the colour of the of the moment. All of a sudden, or Aram or Aaron or whatever it's called, gold and bronze. Oh, Weiss gold is different. Yeah, I know, but it is a bit of a flavour at the moment. People are a bit onto gold wheels, aren't they? They've sort of gone onto the gold yeah, wheels, yeah, yeah. gone back to gold or bright silver wheels again. It seems to be a bit of a trend. Uh, very subjective. White gold, the white gold, which is sort of more champagne coloured, um, I really, really like. That it's a great colour. thing is a bit, the Aram colour is a little bit um, full on for my taste. but Yeah, I saw it on a blue... Um, Someone had got the Genetian Blue 992 and they'd put those bronze Aram Aram wheels on it. There was a picture of it and it was just, I don't know, to me it just didn't look right. I think it might have even had a red interior, which made it even worse. Red leather interior, Genetian Blue with with those wheels. Just way too too much. I mean, each to their own, but to me that's just way too much. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You do what you want. All right. What else? Is that it? <laughs> um, uh, well, the other little bit. Um, I mean, I was just looking at the list of stuff that I, um, I've i got on my car. I reckon maybe the other two little touch points that can make a difference are seatbelts. Oh, yeah, um, good point. I think back in the day, like, um, I think maybe Porsche were one of the first to kind of, you know, do coloured seatbelts. Um, so I think they probably were one of the first that did sort of um, coloured brake calipers. So, you know, yep. everybody back in the 993 days is like, oh, you've got big reds. Um, how cool are they? Um, it's almost like um, coloured seatbelts are like the the sort of big reds of the interior. So I put red seatbelts in my car. I quite like it. Yeah, um, they look good. They're expensive. They're bloody expensive. But, but you um, got... You got- them from that what's that site called did you buy them from porsche or you got them from what's I his got name them from Carn- Gert, Gert Carnial. that's right that's um, right who um i bought red seatbelts for the 993 um as well so but that's a nice touch like i think you can there's only very few kind of colors like i think it's red yellow blue and silver i think in a 997 but you can you can find people that will basically reweb your seat belts, but then I know in Australia, for example, you have to be kind of careful because it is obviously like a safety product. So but that's what I was going to say. The carnual seat belts, and I know I've asked you this before. I can't remember the answer. They're, so they're obviously no. they're obviously factory approved part. by Australia. Oh, it's a factory part. So it's the whole unit. It's not just. Oh, it's factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why they're it's, so expensive because they're really, really it's expensive. A Porsche piece. They're yeah, like 800, because, 800 euro per front and back, like 1,600 euro or something. It's the entire reel, like you're bolting, you're bolting the entire part in and out. So, and it's like, it's the equivalent of going to a Porsche dealership and sort of replacing it kind of okay, thing. Okay, okay. Um, so seat, seat belts is like one nice way of kind of adding a little bit of colour or difference to your car. Yeah, true. Um, I think that's a good idea. And the other one was... Um, uh probably could bang on about it for maybe too long but steering wheel um oh, right, i think yeah. steering wheel makes a massive difference because it's the thing that you literally hold um you know like you jump into a, like a modern day bmw and they have this thing for um sort of quite small wheel thick rim which um can go a little bit far i think back in the old days porsche were notorious for quite like a thin rimmed steering wheel right and same thing if you kind of 
read all the what the purists have to say like there's a reason for it um but even so uh there's an i've got an alcantara rs wheel with the yellow um 12 o'clock marker on my car which i like the look of it i love the feel of it alcantara is really good in your hands but um it does wear so that's another thing you can play with and there's a plethora of people out there like if you don't if you decide not to basically replace your whole wheel um as in the the actual wheel itself you leave the airbag and the airbag cover alone um there's tons of people that can retrim your steering wheel change the color of the center marker put a flat bottom on it add grips to it all of that yeah. type of thing um again for my taste some of that stuff can be a little bit full-on when you start kind of getting a bit too fancy with it i like i like sort of like the basic factory look but yeah well um as you know, I've got the triangle steering wheel, which, you know, is okay. Multi-function triangle steering wheel. But the round mm. one, obviously, in your car is much better. Um, mm. Unless you can find a second-hand one, like the couple that you found for me, that's that's the okay way to do it. But to buy it new, it's just way too expensive because the airbag part is so expensive. Um, yeah, and the catch and to that is that you're not supposed to um, – if you find yourself an airbag overseas um, – there's all those restrictions with um, you can't ship it yeah. yeah yeah Suncoast say they can't ship it people can't ship it so you have to buy it from you'd have to buy it if you're in australia or you have to buy it from your local porsche dealer which is going to be really expensive um yeah so i mean i think the wheel the wheel like yours is about 1300 us new but then the airbag is about 1500 us so yeah australian prices they'd be a lot lot higher than us prices that's for sure so yeah, but yeah but look for what it's worth, I reckon that's a good a good thing to consider because um, it's the thing that you kind of interface with every time you jump in the car. No, there was a guy that sent me his pictures of his wheel that he did, and I think you actually came across him as well. Um, I think he owns a 997 Nod design right. or Nog, Nog design or something, and he sent me a picture of a wheel that he did. I think it was like when you were talking about doing the um, Cayman wheel on your GT3, right? Or GT4, yeah, GT4 wheel. Uh, I, I came across a wheel online for that comes out of a 981 GT4 slash Spider, and um, I really like the basic design of the kind of current Porsche steering wheel. But yeah. it's a bit at odds with like a 997 generation of car. Um, but I like the fact that it's smaller and a little bit thicker, um, plus the aesthetics of it. So, um, but the- I, I, I had I had that thought in my head, but I'm not really that sure. So. Because when I was looking on Suncoast for the round one that you have, the round wheel, there's that wheel, mm. and they had that for 1300 US, right? But they also yeah. had, and I found this on the forums and Suncoast had it, they also do another sport wheel round, and it's actually yeah. thicker. It's actually a thicker. Slightly thicker. Yeah. yeah. It's like sport. They had a name for it, and it was actually a factory option from you or whatever. Um, yeah. But it was even more. It was like 2000. It was actually more. Yeah, more I think wheel. it was, it was actually, an RS option. Yeah, it was 2000. It's leather. It's not Alcantara. It's few, It's a leather wheel, leather steering wheel, oh, round, okay. and it's a thicker yep. dimension, like a chunkier yep. wheel uh, with bigger, the grips where you see the grips on the side of the wheel are much bigger. Yeah. Um, yep. But it was almost 2000 US dollars. It was actually more than the RS. Yep. It's crazy. I just find that just, I don't know. I just find it. And then you've got to get it installed unless you do it yourself. I yep. guess it's quite easy to do it yourself. But there's tons of places that all kind of like i said um you don't have to buy the factory thing you can kind of get it reupholstered like i've got um a spare wheel now so like going going and sending it to an upholsterer to kind of have that redone um you know it's a pretty kind of easy and cheap exercise there's all these places 
um, in the US and I think there's a place in Poland as well that um, have like a sort of swap retrim service and um, compared to the $1,300, uh, 1300 US that you were talking about, I think you can get it done for a couple hundred bucks basically. Well, what did Linas quote for it? It wasn't that expensive, was it? Design LS. He oh, didn't quote. Yeah. It was a few um, hundred, wasn't I can't, it? Pounds. Yeah. And hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, quite, when you look at the workmanship, cheap. it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks factory. It looks like it's factory. Yep. All right. I think that's it. Oh, the other thing you're, you're doing too, which you haven't mentioned, which is very important, is you're getting, getting rid of your door handles. Steve's taking his door handles off his GT3. He doesn't want door handles. He wants to reduce the weight. I'm going to jump out the windows. And, you're, and style. you're getting, you're getting, you've got your RS pools, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a dude on Renlist um, from years ago that sort of figured out a part. He kind of 3D prints them with the, you know, like the sort of nylon straps that match your um, seat belts. So they were relatively inexpensive, so I thought I'd kind of have a little tinker with that. Um, and going back to what I think I said at the original, the, the original thing in this um, this podcast was I'm um, just horsing around basically. Like if I don't like it, then I'll just switch it back. Like it literally is like a one bolt and I can do it myself. So, But you're throwing away money because aren't your door handles carbon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not throwing money away. It's, so you um, have a choice. You can just, either have carbon or you invested. can have a door pools. Yeah, so you've got the choice. All right. Is that it? Are we done? Yep. I think we're I done. Think so. I think it's over an hour. I don't, want to, I don't want people to get bored listening to us if it's too long, that's all. Hopefully we're not talking about <laughs> talking about stupid stuff. Yeah, all good. All right. Um, so that's it. That's it for the Porsche School podcast. Uh, Steve, thank you for coming so thank early you. in the morning. It's like Steve gets up very early in the morning. It's like four in the morning in Australia, and it's uh, nine thirty in the evening here in Bahrain. So Steve has got up very early for this podcast. Um, no I can hear my baby crying again. So it's your baby's time. crying, so it's a time to go. Um, but that's it for today. Um, like I said, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, thanks for listening and bye for now.